0: No worries. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Joe Horowitz. I am the director of audit for Stetson Cyber Group. Um, I have been in the audit profession now for over 20 years. Started off in financial and operational audits. Actually, did some investigations for the city back in the day as well. And have morphed into an IT auditor. And now, in my current role, I'm a cybersecurity auditor, focusing on school districts, municipalities, small businesses using the NIST framework, PCI,
1: HIPAA, you name it. And, and do all that good stuff. So you're our, you're our security guy?
0: I'm your security guy whenever you need.
1: Perfect. So the one question I had was, it seems like the attacks are so sophisticated these days that I'm curious if, you know, historically it's always seemed like the issue has been on the end user. We open an email we're not supposed to, download an attachment we're not supposed to, click on a link we're not supposed to. But I'm curious, is 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 it still on us that much or are the attacks become so advanced that maybe even at some point it's going to be like, well, there's just, there's really nothing that can be done.
0: Um, I think that there's always something that can be done. Uh, Nothing is 100% foolproof of course. And most of the times you're right, it is human error, unfortunately. Uh, And that goes back to a lot of places, not having an education program in place or um, all the components of a, a thorough program in place to protect themselves. It's not a one one-stop shop of, hey, I have an antivirus and I'm going to protect myself. It's an entire program that you really have to invest in and to believe in to do your best to protect yourself from these uh, bad actors. Um, you know, like you, you, you got to really educate yourself on the latest, um, the, the latest attacks that are going out there, the latest uh, vulnerabilities. Um, there really is, it's, it's a team effort too. Uh, there is no just, hey, I'm going to lay it on my information security team to protect me or my cybersecurity team to protect me. It's really on
1: everyone to have the knowledge and protection uh, to get against these bad actors. What would, say, we don't have that education in place at our organization? There's no formal training or anything like that. Is that something that audit should be recommending? Uh, yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, one of the, the main
0: CIS controls for NIST controls, and by the way, they just went from uh, CIS twenty to CIS eighteen today, so they've updated their their uh, recommendations for the uh, for your main basic controls that should have place. Um, but training and awareness is huge. It's something one of the first things we look for when we're going into any of our businesses that we're auditing, uh, because again, the end user. Unless they're educated on what is going on out there, they're going to click on those links. They're going to not know and uh, identify an email that is malicious against one that's not malicious or not know that they shouldn't let someone come in behind them without, you know, scanning their own card. So these are kind of things that they, not everybody knows and understands and, and they have to really be educated
1: about. All right. And I'm going to throw to Tracy here in a second, but could, you've mentioned NIST and PCI yes. and some of these other ones. Could you just yes. briefly explain what those are?
0: Sure. Uh, NIST is, uh, and I'm going to get this, National Institute uh, Standards of Standards and Technology, I believe <laughs> it's the exact one I always, I always get. Uh, so let's start with the NIST. NIST is a federal set of guidelines that, that is a uh, outline and framework of cybersecurity controls. They start with these basic now 18 controls, but within each of the 18 controls, there are sub controls that they recommend. And depending on what you implement within those 20 is your, um, your tier of how cyber healthy that you are. Um, we tend to like to use the, the NIST framework because it is really It's nationally recognizable. And when CMMC guidelines, uh, so CMMC is what the Department of Defense is going to be implementing for most government, if not all government contractors within the next uh, year. I mean, it's in place, but it's not fully implemented. Uh, They're really basing it on the NIST controls. So that's going to be, that should be everybody's first step in looking for cybersecurity controls who aren't regulated by PCI. Also PCI is regulated by the federal, uh, by the banking industry. So anybody who's doing credit cards credit cards, or any kind of processing of that nature, they would have to follow PCI regulatory standards to have their guidelines and their checklist of controls that need to be in place. Now, working with PCI, they don't necessarily include everything that's on the NIST. So as much as I try to get clients compliant with the PCI guidelines, I'm using NIST because down the road, PCI... I know they're going to change because now that the federal government is implementing a more strict standards from the top down, PCI is probably going to change to reflect that.
1: That is fantastic insight. Appreciate that. Tracy, go ahead.
2: Hi. Yeah, so I am focused in communication and leadership with internal audit. So as I listen, I'm going to be kind of looking for some tie-ins from, from my side of the picture, but because that's my area of expertise, I'm wondering if you could kind of take a step back for me, Joe, and talk about uh, an example of when you might be called in, or is there something that's been in the news that you could describe that that's like an ex- the type of
0: situation you would be called into just to get a broader understanding from my side? Thank you. Sure, absolutely. Um, As you see in the news every day, there's something new that comes, uh, whether it be solar winds, and the latest is the pipeline. And I think the pipeline was really a wake-up call to the uh, entire country that there's nothing safe. There's nothing that, that shouldn't be protected, and we all need to take a stance in protecting ourselves from a cybersecurity standpoint. We actually, our our company now, before even the pipeline hit, we had a contract with a water and sewerage uh, municipality out in New Jersey. And it really holds weight now of what we're doing because you you see that just anybody's vulnerable. Uh, Auditors today really need to to step back and realize that it's no, no longer just about the financial and operational controls. You know, the frauds aren't happening as much as they're, you know, as as they'd like to think it is anymore the external auditors are looking at that internal auditors are looking at that compliance teams are looking at that so it's really so overly uh, monitored that auditors need to really read up and learn these new skill sets of uh, basic cybersecurity controls. And they're, they're not hard, they're not scary. Um, if you really look at say the NIST framework and you look at the CIS-18 controls, even if you don't understand all of them, there are easy ones to understand. Um, do they have an incident response plan in place? That's important because if you do have a cybersecurity incident, what do you do? What, what's your next steps? Everyone should have a plan and a policy in place for that. Uh, what's your disaster recovery plan? Uh, what do you do again about training? Training is also one of the basic controls. Uh, is there are there firewalls in place? Even if you don't know the ins and outs of firewalls, you can still go to your IT teams and say and ask them: Are there firewalls? Where are they located? Do we have them on every point that's come uh, open port that's coming into our company? So. Uh, internal audit today really needs to shift mindsets a little bit, not to completely go away from those financial and operational controls, but to branch out and build a little bit of that cybersecurity audit and
1: IT audits into their program every single year. I'm going to ask for some free advice, Joe. <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> So let's say that we don't have a some kind of educational cybersecurity, educational awareness within our um, within our organization. If you were teaching it, what would it include? Like, what would be the the top thing? So maybe another way to say this is what should the listeners after hearing it go? OK, I need to make sure that we're doing that. Oh, yeah. hundred uh, percent. Phishing is number one on
0: the list. Uh, you teach users about emails and you teach them how to hover over emails, addresses that might look fishy to see that they're not exactly coming, who they're coming from. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's even those physical controls that you want to teach them about. Um, you know, don't let people just walk through your building, make, you know, make sure your door's a locked. Um, you don't want to have visitors come in without getting their identification first. So there are, there are programs that we teach, our clients, uh, we can do them individually, or we, we use a company that is online training that they, that they can contract out, which is, really is not that expensive to do. And, uh, and I like to have companies do training twice a year. The standards are usually once a year, but people forget. <laughs> people forget what they've learned on these security training programs. Um, and, and then we do monthly phishing tests on everybody. Just to keep them fresh, fresh in their minds, because really the number one cause of a lot of
1: these uh, bad actors getting in is phishing. And can you one, uh, what is phishing for those that don't know? Sure. And then two, has it how it advanced? Like, what is the most maybe advanced phishing uh, scheme that you've seen? Sure. So phishing is
0: the act of receiving or a bad actor sending emails looking for say saying they're your they say they're your uh, CFO and they need money and they put a link there. Like, oh, click on this link goes to our, right to our bank account. Click on the link, it's opening up a portal for them to get into your systems. But there's also smishing, which is the uh, text messages, and there's also uh, phone scams. So all those different things are really trying to get
1: into your systems and to look for.
0: What uh, was oh, the other part of the question again? I'm sorry.
1: How is it advanced? So I know like I'd always seen phishing as basically you download oh, something or you click a link, but is it, has it advanced any more than that? Or should we just really be aware of odd looking emails with attachments and odd looking emails with links?
0: Oh, no, they, they are getting so good with your graphics and uh, you'll get emails that look like it's coming directly from, Google or directly from Microsoft or directly from your own company, they'll they'll get into your system and they'll they'll see your directory and they'll make it look like it's an email coming from your coworker down down the road. Um, so they're really getting very very uh, sophisticated in that nature and with their and what they're actually asking because they'll get to really know your company. They'll ask questions. They'll call up and they'll talk to people in the company and they'll get enough information that when they email you, you think you're actually talking to someone within your own company or a company that you work with a third-party vendor.
1: Right. Uh, Just to reset the room real quick, if if you look in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll see a hand raised. If you want to ask Joe a question or have a comment, click that, we'll bring you up on stage and you can ask Joe your question. Tracy, I think you had a, a question or a comment.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to tie back to what Joseph said about training. So like, what are the top three things maybe we can do that aren't maybe quite so IT related? So training, communicating the policies or, or things to the
0: to the company, what, what are some of the kind of non-IT things? Well, training is definitely not really IT related. It's just, you know, it's your basic common sense kind of things. Um, the phishing exercises are wonderful because they're just emails that come through <clears throat> and they test to see if someone will recognize a phishing Uh, email or not. And what they'll do is a lot of times they'll say, all right, if you think that this is a phishing, they'll install a button on your email. And uh, Microsoft Outlook and Office 365 is equipped with this, your IT department just has to install it, that you can click on this phishing button and it will go back to whoever you decide that it wants to go to whether it be IT to investigate or compliance department, whoever you want it to be. Um, So that's, it's really, it's, it's a simple training. It's its nothing complex that anybody who is not IT knowledgeable can really understand these trainings. Uh, yeah, the other things are, you know, you could have, you could have your meetings to just discuss it. You have your IT team come in and, and tell people what are the latest threats that are going on. Uh, we actually have on our website a threat feed that. You can go in there and we're setting it up soon to that you can set it up for, to come to your email address. Um, we have threat feeds that are, whether it be specific just to cyber attacks, whether it be to um, certain vulnerabilities or either I put in there for privacy and governance because uh, there's a lot of attacks going on in the healthcare industry, education, and all these different industries. And we pull in these feeds that people are gonna wanna read and see. And, and they're very easy to read very easy to read. And they also give links to webinars that
1: are free that you can learn about these different types of attacks. What's the, where can they find those resources, Joe?
0: Uh, So if you, if for us, you can go to our website and there, uh, which is stetsoncg.com. And there is a uh, threat feed link on the top. And if you go in there, there'll be different tasks for the different types of uh, threats that you would want to look for.
2: And I just, I just want to jump in, Trent, and say, um, if you want to put that on uh, Trent's LinkedIn post from today or my LinkedIn post
0: from today, you can go in the comments and put a link to your website or the relevant links if you want. I'd love to. Thank you. Yes, any way I can help, that would that'd be great. Uh, you know, again, it's a free resource. Even when the emails come out, you know, for an email uh, resource, it's free. There's nothing that you have to pay or do.
1: It's just, you know, you visit it and you see what's going on in the world. Perfect. And we'll include a link in the show notes also uh, from the podcast. The, you mentioned the, the pipeline, and I don't know if it's it's too early to know all the details. Can you walk us through what happened? I'm sorry,
0: Trent, did you say that again? You broke up a
1: little bit. Relative to to the pipeline, because it was national news, obviously. Um, and I don't know if enough details have come out to where they've been able to say, you know, this is what happened. But could you walk us through what happened if, that, if they've disclosed that yet? Uh, I
0: don't believe they've disclosed everything yet. I, I can say that they probably, I, I can only speculate. Uh, I haven't read all the articles on you. Yeah, honestly, we've, we've been so busy with the amount of work that we've been getting because of the, the fears that have been coming down the line from a lot of different companies that want to get their cybersecurity um, health up and running. So my guess is either they've Like in other places, they did not patch uh, uh, any type of software that needed to be patched or they didn't have the right antivirus in place or they didn't have, um, you know, a lot of places just used general Windows Defender antivirus. And honestly, even though it's an antivirus, it's not really that good. Uh, We see that with a lot of government agencies. They just really take what's out of the box and they run with it. And it's just it's not enough. Uh, and that's why they're going to need to start having these standards. And President Biden has really come down to make sure that these standards are in place.
1: Yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I've seen that in the news recently. What can you walk us through that a little bit about what his uh, kind of objectives are with that?
0: Sure. You know, he, he wants to make sure that every. Government contractor and every government agency is protecting themselves. He hasn't come out with the details yet of how to do it, but he's given a list of about seven or eight things that they need, which are in line with the with the NIST standards. You know, there needs to be anti malware, it needs to be anti fires, it needs to be firewalls, it needs to be training, uh, everything that's going to be in NIST. And I think that ultimately down the line, his his mandate is going to tie into these CMMC, excuse me, government guidelines, and they're going to tie back to the NIST controls. And every single government contractor, every single government agency is going to have to abide by the same set of rules, which is going to have to happen. Uh, I think we've discussed this. Uh, I don't know if we discussed this on the podcast, but you know, a lot of companies now are doing business across state lines. So to have just state mandated requirements is not enough anymore, because if you're doing if you're in New York and you're doing business with a company, say, in Missouri, and Missouri has their own guidelines, and New York has their own guidelines, which are you following? You know, Are you complying with one or the other? Can you still do business with the other state if you're not meeting their guidelines? So there needs to be this federal set of mandated rules and requirements for cybersecurity that has to be handed down. And I think just about every company that is going, is going to have to uh, fall into one of these categories.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of praise for what came out so far from the InfoSec community, so it seems like a, a really good move. Uh, Joe, I think you had a, a question or a comment if you want to give a, a quick who you are and then and then throw it out there.
3: Sure. I just want to say thank you, Joe. This is awesome. I think cybersecurity is on the top of every one of my risk lists that I do trainings, and it's nice to be able to provide some um, helpful tips, and um, I'm... especially interested in the training piece of it, probably much like Tracy. So as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking, you know, how can internal auditors start training about cybersecurity in their organization? So, um, you know, and then as you start talking about all these, sorry, the really boring trainings uh, that they have to sit through. And then, you know, I've recently read about this term cyber fatigue. And so I was kind of hoping you could shed some light on how not only could we combat cyber fatigue in our organizations today, but then even more as these new regulations might come out. Uh, You know, to me, I think Trent and Tracy do a great job of like talking about innovation in internal audit, how could we be more innovative? How could we be more innovative about training for cyber? And I think you've touched on it because you've talked about, you know, do those email exercises. But what more could we do to be, you know, to combat that cyber fatigue?
0: Sure. And, and I got to say, you're right, that you can get cyber fatigue very easy. Uh, and someone like me who is just constantly receiving emails and information about all the different uh attacks that go on throughout the country and this training and that training new guidelines and new frameworks. And there's a, you know, we're doing stuff for schools. That's New York state education law. They have their own framework and FERPA. It's just, it's overwhelming the amount of different, uh, cybersecurity requirements and things that just go on your head that you feel like your head's going to explode sometimes. Um, you know, I'd like to just always tell people that, you just got to step back for a second and not panic. You know, it's, it, it, it can't, you can't worry every single day that, oh, my God, I'm going to get attacked. Oh, my God, I'm going to attack. But at the same time, pick a framework. Um, don't look at every single framework out there. Uh, there are companies that are like, well, we're going to pick this one. We're going to do this one. We're going to do a little, of this, little of that. You, you can't do that. Just pick a framework and stick with it and learn it and understand what it is. And even when I go in and I do the assessments on the NIST framework, and there are 150 plus sub controls that are included in the NIST framework. I tell every one of my clients, don't worry, you do not have to do all the 150 plus controls. And I think that's where people get confused. I think people think that they need to, to be in compliance with every single every single piece of these controls that they need to do. And then they're going to be super cyber compliant. Well, you might be, but it doesn't mean you're going to have that one employee that's going to click on a link and then, you know, you're wasting all this money and time protecting yourself and it goes right out the window. So it's really just, I guess it's a personality type with me and, Joe and Trent, you know me, you've met me, you've you've spoken with me and you know I'm more of the laid back type where it's like, you know, it's going to happen. I've been on the internal audit side of things and I've seen how internal companies work and I know that you'll have those in IT screaming, hey, we got to get this fixed, we got to do this and then people in finance and operations like, I don't have time for you, I got to do sales, I got to do my quarterly closings and things like that, so they're, they're not even worried about it. Um. But going back to your original question, it's just pick a framework, pick, some, pick your controls, put them in place, and just make sure you're regularly having them tested and you're having a, at least an annual training to learn about anything new that's coming down the pipeline and just a refresher. Just don't You don't have to live it every single day. That's my job. <laughs> that doesn't have to be your job. But just ha- keep it in the back of your
1: mind at all times at some point. And knowing that there is like the amount of training that needs to be done or at least to understand even maybe just you know the phishing scheme that we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. what is um what would be like the next thing so there's phishing, and then there's what from an end user
0: um well again there's the text messages that come through when you click on the link and a lot of times users are on the the Wi-Fi network within your, your organization and somehow they're getting through the back door or you have access to office 365 on your phone. So that's another thing they have to look out for. It's not just the car warranty ones, it's all these other ones that come through. Um, it, it's again, really just a program. It's, and, and I, I stress this to every single one of my clients, it's, it's a program. Yes, you have to be educated. You have to know, I can't tell you the amount of people who just don't know anything, they don't pick up a paper, they don't read about the pipeline, they don't read about solar winds. they don't know it. And and the worst part is even when they read it then they don't understand it. And, and you could train them a million times and it's no fault of their own, but that's just not how they're wired. It's up to us to really sit down and take the time and explain it and explain it in such a logical way, in such a, a simplified way that it makes sense. Um, that's, that's the challenge I put to a lot of auditors and cybersecurity professionals, you know, relate to your clients, relate to each you want. I have different clients along different industries. I don't speak to them all the same way. I can't, you know, I'll speak to a lawyer one way, I'll
1: speak to accountants another way, just so they understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's a great point. The, the, the text message thing is really interesting to me. So, the scenario you laid out is uh my organization has a wi-fi network it's secure i'm logged into it on my phone let's say i don't even have office 365 on my phone or it's not a a, a corporately managed phone somebody sends me a link through a text i click on it bam they're in is that what you're saying i'm sorry That's i tried, you, you broke up a little bit sorry so they uh i'm in my organization, there's secure Wi-Fi to the network. I'm on that network through my phone. I don't have Office 365. It's not like a corporate phone. It's my personal cell phone. There's no uh, corporate anything on there. Someone sends me a text message. I click on the link, and through that process, they can get access to the network. Right. So, you know, at that
0: point, they're getting into your private network. I mean, you have to worry about your private home. Um, you know, there, it's not just your office you, you need to be worried about, because people are then getting into your private emails, and then they're getting into they're send phishing emails from your accounts, um, and start getting into your bank accounts. So it's not just a work related issue; it's also now a personal related issue, and that's when people start it starts hitting home with them, like, oh my god, I, I got I got hacked. Well, yeah, I mean, you clicked on the link. It's you know, it's not just it's not just these federal governments. It's not these small businesses it's not just all these large businesses are going to hit with solar winds it's they're going after everybody mm-hmm. anywhere that there can be money to be made that's what they're going after whether it be people with money or business with money or data i mean it's really that's that's the main goal money and data
1: okay we'll, we'll close out on this last question if you could grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders and shake them and say please just do this thing what would that be?
0: Uh, Well, come into the twenty first century. It's really businesses have changed. It's no longer a uh, secluded network of you know financial systems and and operational pieces. It's it's a whole web of uh, IT and cybersecurity that you have to really change your train of thought. Uh, I've sat in so many of these conferences where the orders just don't want to change their mindset. And then it, it's reflected in the work that they do with their clients, and the clients don't want to work with them. Uh, I've evolved. You have to evolve to what the current state of audit needs to be. And the current state of audit dictates that you have to have a little bit of IT and
1: cyber with whatever else that you know. All right. Joe Horowitz, thank you very much for coming on. Joe Irvin, so, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming up and asking your question. Uh, I'm Trent Russell, host of or the co host of the audit room here on Clubhouse, host of the audit podcast and founder of Green Skies Analytics. We're on Clubhouse every Tuesday at 11 Central Standard Time. Um, that's it for me. Tracy, you have any closing remarks?
2: Yeah, I just want to say thanks to Joe for, for uh, being our guest and for Joe for coming up on stage and for all of our audience. Thank you so much. I'm known as Europe's leading audit communication consultant. And definitely, if you haven't connected with us on LinkedIn, please do so. All all of us here today in the room. Thank you. And I'll see you next week.
1: All right. See you all. Thanks,
2: everybody.